Oh man, DPB gang, do I have a conversation to bring you into today. It is a pleasure to have you joining me here for episode 174 of the Dealer Playbook podcast. I, of course, am your host, Michael Cirillo. Oh man, I'm excited about this one. It's been a few months in the making to try and and get this to happen, and it finally happened, and I am so excited for you to listen to my conversation today with the one and only Claude Silver. Now, if you're not familiar with Claude, aside from having just an awesome name, Claude Silver, Claude is the chief heart officer at VaynerMedia. Now, if you're not familiar with VaynerMedia, uh, let's come on, wake up, climb out from underneath that rock. VaynerMedia is the agency, the uh, digital agency uh, of the one and only Gary Vaynerchuk. So here we have his partner in crime, if I can call it that, his right-hand pal, Claude oversees. Do we want to call it the human resources of a 750-plus person company? And so I thought it would be extremely valuable as we look to improve not only our lives, to think bigger, to reach higher, to live happier, but for those of us in leadership positions in the dealership uh, or in the business or whatever we're working on right now, to learn how we can create an environment that that happens for those for whom we have stewardship. Call them employees, call them team members, call them coworkers, whatever the semantics are. I thought, Claude, you know, she just brings such a unique perspective, a refreshing perspective to the brand of human relationships, of human behavior. And I call it brand because I want you to just stay tuned and listen to this episode as we talk about how things like human resources needs a rebrand. And so there's so many nuggets and power bombs in this episode that I can't wait for you to check out. So without further ado, this is episode 174 with Claude Silver. Here we go. You're a busy woman, and not many of us can say that we oversee the care and mentoring of 750 probably plus people. And so I'm excited about asking you some particular questions, especially as it pertains to retail automotive industry, because of course, in many instances, uh, retail dealerships are the largest employer in their community. They're going to have you know, say five employees. Some of them are going to have hundreds of employees, some even thousands. As you look at the big chains that span the United States, Canada, and, and elsewhere in the world. Uh, and so I want to, I want to dig into this and unpackage a couple of things on LinkedIn. The other day you made a statement and, and it's why I love your message so much. You said, try starting with the assumption that everybody comes to work to do an amazing job You'd be surprised what you find. It won't be 100% of the time. However, if we hold our opinions and give someone a fair chance instead of benching them in our minds or in reality, you never know what may happen. I want to unpackage this because I believe that people are the greatest asset, if we can term them in that way, and and also they present the greatest variable to an organization. Um they have varying needs, they have varying skill sets, they have varying personality types. 
how or what can be done to get to this frame of mind that you have? When somebody comes in and there's a personality conflict out of the gates, or uh, maybe their skill set isn't quite where it needed to be, or just a variety of the miscellany of things that can happen. You're right. We tend to bench them in our mind and go, okay, well, we'll see how the next 90 days go. Yes. How do you get to this frame of mind that you have? Well, thank you very much for the question because it's, it, it's so essential, I think, in terms of not only being a leader and a manager, but really a human being. And that is to give people opportunity to change, to give people an opportunity to try again, and to give people an opportunity to grow and to, to develop. And the way I look at that is think about yourself. How many opportunities have you been given to start again? How many times have you fallen and stood back up? And what would have happened had no one offered you that lifeline? Had no one offered you that second chance? Had no one stayed late to tutor you through biology? Had no one stayed late to shoot hoops with you and make sure that you were hitting the three-pointers? Think mm -hmm. about that. And so that, it's a relationship to me. And I think when we are in a working environment, just like when we are in a relationship with our friends and family, there is a give and take. Now, I'm not saying that we want to give people eighth place trophies. That's not the point. That's really not the point. But I don't think we should say, you know what? Good try. Uh, later, Gator. We don't want you. Or you stink. Never want to see you again. I mean, so, so to answer the question in the, in the best way I possibly can, it's empathy. There is not a day that has gone by. If you have lived long enough on this earth, and I mean long enough, 20 years, 30 years and on, you mm -hmm. have been given a second chance. Someone somewhere has, has decided to not give up hope on you. And that's what sure. I'm talking about. I love it. I, I think it's so important and it's something that I think in the pursuit of growth and the pursuit of profits, we've, we've lost sight of, we, we think people are kind of a pump and dump thing. Oh yeah. To your point. Oh, they didn't work. And, and out you go. Cause we can replace you. We're just going to get our recruiting company to whatever. And, and we're going to have a fresh crop of people. But I love, I love what you're saying. We've all had, I, I've had probably 12 second chances just before I got to the office with my, my, my wife who so tenderly cares for, <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I love this concept because it's something that we experience in daily life. But sometimes the minute we walk through those office doors, we forget that we're human beings who have also been given that second chance. Yes. You, you mentioned relationships. The other day I posted on LinkedIn as well. And I said, look, there's something I believe in that is so much more important than the, the process and the strategy and the tips and the tricks and the tactics that everybody's advertising and all these sorts of things to grow your business. And it's relationships have meaningful, build meaningful relationships with your team and with those that you are serving to, to exemplify what it looks like to be a valuable steward for them. And I got this, these comments back, well, we need to define relationship and we need to define what the, you know, how it goes. Yeah. So I want to turn this over to you. What, what does it mean to you to have a meaningful relationship? What does that look like? How can someone do that from your vantage point and in your position of leadership? 
Yes. So a meaningful relationship is, is two ways. I meet you 50%, you meet me 50%. Some days I'm going to meet you 40% and you're going to dig in a little bit deeper and meet me 60%. But it is a two-way street of give and take, of respect, of connection, of trust, of integrity. And you know, those are all words, right? Those are just mm -hmm. words. How do you put those words into action? Well, you show up. Literally, you show <laughs> You show up. And so many times I think all of us have this choice to be present and show up or to kind of, excuse my French, but half-ass it. Right. And to be in a relationship with your partner, or your, whether or not it's your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your mom, your dad, that requires a certain level of like, wow, okay, I, I better like put my phone down and be present today or in this moment or in this conversation. So for me, when we talk about having relationships in the workplace, not only does it mean showing up and being present, it means listening. And that is the thing I believe leaders need to do more of today is listen, look someone in the eye, show up. Hold, I talk about holding space all the time. Holding space is a term I got I heard a long time ago in a psychology class. And what it literally means is creating a space between you and whomever you're talking to or, who, or whether or not it's one other person or eight other people in a room where there is non-judgment or there just is the, the possibility of conversation without jumping down each other's throats, without cutting each other off and interrupting where we all just come from kind of a neutral territory and, and, and hold whatever that person says as their truth. Doesn't mean I need to believe it. It's their truth. Right. So, you know, I, I just talked a, a lot about uh, human dynamics there and that's what, it, that's what we're doing here at work. As you said a second ago, we forget to be human. Do we forget to be human or do we come into work some days and just figure or feel like, you know what, I can be an a-hole today, or I can come to work, I can come to work and be that, that alter ego that I know I always wanted to be because I got pushed around in the playground when I was seven. You know, I, sure. we're all, it's, it's just so, it's funny and it's not funny because we're real people with real feelings. And what we've asked people to do when it comes to work is to hide those real feelings and to hide our true selves and to put on some armor because we think we're going to either be attacked or we're going to attack. Is that because I, I look at myself and I go, okay, well, I, would, I, I have so many fixed beliefs and I think people are coming with a variety of fixed beliefs, you, you know, and a simple one is the, the age old that we're, we're taught, you know, be careful who you trust and watch out and don't talk to strangers and this and that and all these sorts of things that we grow up with. And then we come into an, uh, uh, an atmosphere like Vayner, which is people first, uh, or an organization like mine that believes very deeply in that. And it's almost like we have to unlearn everything that we thought to be truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that, does that create barriers? And if so, how do you, how does, you know, how do you inside of Vayner overcome that sort of a thing? So I, I think of it as creating opportunity rather than creating barriers. Mm. And I, I definitely think that's that's where Gary comes from as well. So that is that anything is possible, 
that where there is trust and a belief that people are coming with the right intentions, as I said in that Instagram post, mm-hmm. that things that you can move mountains. You really, really can. And it just, it's not going to, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen overnight that someone all of a sudden is going to think that, wow, VaynerMedia really cares about me. Sure. It might take time. It might take repetition. It might take, you know, they come in and they see me and they get whatever uh, feel good or inspiration, or we do some kind of coaching or remove roadblocks together. That, that might happen the first time. I want to make sure that it happens the second, third, and fourth time. And that means it's got to be on repeat. That means I have to reach enough people and, and, and give them that, that same feeling that I've got their back, that I've got their best interests at heart, and that I'm here to work for them. And then that can scale and that can spread. And that's where the opportunity, the possibility is rather than the, the barrier. It's just a, it's just a matter of, as leaders, as myself, as Gary, the other leaders here, again, showing up and and walking the walk. Talking the talk isn't going to work. Walking the walk, and that means action. We have to be action-oriented yeah. leaders. It's what intrigues me about this, what you've just said, is that it's a reversal of, I think, the way many leaders, speaking in the context of this, it's it's a reversal of how many leaders think in that well, this is the place I've created for you to work. You must now come and prove yourself. What you, what I just gleaned from, from what you just said is they're coming into my environment and now it's incumbent upon me as the leader to demonstrate that I do have their back. Yes. Yes. And this is the interesting thing in today's day and age, these Millennials are creating their own jobs. They're creating their own companies. We, the old guard, those of us that have, you know, Gen Xers that have, or boomers that have been around for so long, like, I think there, there needs to be a level of humility. And I don't mean like people can just come and go as they please. And, you know, we're okay with, you know, laziness and, and, and those types of things. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that there's opportunity out there for people that you and I don't even know about because you and I aren't the ones that are sitting in our bedroom hacking world of Warcraft right now. (laughs) There are are a ton of those kids right now and they are going to be the CEOs tomorrow. Yeah. I often think it's why, why the previous generation is always grumpy about the next is because the next generation just had um, many more options available to them that didn't fit inside of the, the glass bubble that we lived in. So I look at my parents who, <laughs> you know, had to mow the lawn with a, a push mower. And now we have self-propelled electric, you know, weigh less than 10 pounds. And they go, well, that's just, you got it too easy. I mean, we, we had to put elbow grease into that and yeah. yada, yada, yada. And it's, I kind of think of that. You're, you're right. Somebody is sitting there right now hacking world of Warcraft and they're going to figure out how to make a zillion dollars with it and live life on their terms. And it's just not the way it looked for us. So we, we think, oh, well, that's a write-off. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the thing is, is that that person that's doing the world of Warcraft, they're going to employ our kids. So mm. going around comes around. I love your perspective. <laughs> um, 
there, there's that saying per, people, people often say perception is reality, but it really is one's reality. But the one who has the right mentality or attitude is really who can change the world. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. And okay. So why don't we go about changing the world with like positive intention so that yeah. we can create positive impact for all? Why don't we go at it with kindness, with the idea that you do give someone a second chance, that people do, they do want to bring their best to work, to work. They don't want to mail it in. Like, let's, let's look at, let's look at things that way rather than in the, rather than the other way, which is like, ah, they're just lazy. Yeah. They're just like, well, and this brings up a good point because, uh, you know, as I've learned about you and this sounds really creepy now that I've got you on the phone, but it's so easy now. There's so much information to, <laughs> to learn about you. But as I've read your life story, Claude, yeah. uh, what I find interesting is you have a very relatable story in that you were working for Gary in a different position mm-hmm. and basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I'd love to get more detail. You basically came up to him and said, look, I'm done here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm here uh, and I'm done here. And then you guys, was there a, a break in between there? Like you actually did leave for a, yeah. a season? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I left for four months and we had breakfast. He, he called me. We had breakfast four months later and he said, that's it. You're coming back. You're going to be chief heart officer. And, wow. uh, you know, we had a, a quick conversation at breakfast. I knew what he, I knew what that meant. He and I had spent enough time together while I was at Vayner to understand what his DNA was all about, what my DNA and, and what we wanted to do here. Sure. And I, you know, I, that, that's who I am anyway. So he gave me such an incredible opportunity to come back and to do what I really consider my life's work, which is an amalgamation of everything that I have learned and gone through and studied and watched and witnessed and, uh, and failed at. And I get to be here and, and be with, you know, 800 people doing it on a daily basis. It's pretty cool. And it's so cool because I think, especially in the context of second chances, not that I would suggest this is a second chance. You were, I mean, you chose to say, Hey, I'm, I, I've kind of reached my thing here and I'm moving on kind of a thing. And he approached you back, but it makes me think of all of the people who get hired for a certain position. Um, who may have strengths that would be better suited to another position. And we so quickly write them off because of the position they're in. You, you know, maybe, maybe you were brought in as a salesperson because there is this perception in auto dealer world where it's like a, a, a body is better than nobody. Mm-hmm. And so let's just fill this. We need salespeople, fill them up. And so you come in because you need the J O B. And so you, you apply to be a sales professional, but maybe that's just not where your passion lies. And then out you go. We didn't even. We didn't even get to see maybe where you could have been better suited. On the flip side, we see some dealerships who are like, you know what? I I see what's going on here. And I think you'd be better suited for this position. And then there you go. That team member thrives. Right. So that's called playing to your strengths. And if if you're at a company or you work for a manager that is aware of that and, and, and really subscribes to that belief, then I really think it's a win-win. Wouldn't so 
I am not a great, I'm not a great salesperson. I don't think I'm a great salesperson. I'm great at building relationships, which is, which is what helped me in a, you know, almost a 20 year career in advertising. But you really don't want me around P&L sheets. You really don't want me around. You just don't. You just don't. And so why would you put me there? You wouldn't. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a people person. So I'm playing to my strengths, which, is, which is, means that, A, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to enjoy my job. I'm going to enjoy my life. And the company I work at is going to get tenfold out of me rather than, you know, me really struggling and then, you know, kicking my feet and heels and I stink at this and I stink at that. And then I just go mm-hmm. hill and you lose an employee, which then takes, you know, three, it now takes three times as, as much money to replace an employee than to try to keep that employee. Right. You know, crazy. And, I, and I get that at, a, at an auto dealership, it, it's going to be, it's going to be different. I mean, people are doing different jobs there, but at the, at the end of the day, you come into that dealership, or at least I come into that dealership knowing that I'm going to be taken care of. I am going to uh, be treated with incredible, exceptional customer service, client service. And really it's a hospitality relationship. I mean, you want to make me feel good so that I, buy not only the car of my dreams, but maybe a couple more bells and whistles. And I come back to you and I send my cousin to you and I send my dad to you. And we have a relationship now for 20 years where I'm buying my cars from you. Right. And we see this. I mean, there's, there are a few dealerships that come into my mind where, and I love that you said hospitality because they treat their team members with the same hospitality that they expect their team members to treat their their guests or their customers with and it's just such a thriving environment people want to be there not just customers but employees alike because they know that well i call it eating your own dog food yeah totally how can i be in customer relationships or customer service business if i don't know how to treat my team (laughs) right and also if you've never sold a car before if you've never been on that front line and and so i i learned so much of what I do and how I live my life through waiting tables and bartending. And I, I'll say it time and time and time and time again. You know, you learn to anticipate, you learn to greet, you learn to fight fires, you learn to hustle, you learn to be, uh, know how to deal with unhappy customers. But most of all, you learn how to be with people and in a different way than you might learn how to be with people in school because that could be very clicky or you're with the sports team. When you're in customer service and you're in the, you know, you're greeting people as they walk in and out of a restaurant or as they walk in and out of a, an auto dealership, uh, you don't really get to choose, do you? No, no. It's so you put away your bias if you have them. And by the way, we all have unconscious bias and you bring it and you bring the best you can for the sale, for the company you work for, for your pocket, obviously, but of course for that customer. And something I'll, I'll always remember, my mom is so, my mom is a car fanatic. And okay. she is so loyal to her person that she has bought, I don't know, four or five cars from now in the, in the past wow. 35 years that I've known her, that I've seen her, you know, that I can remember her buying cars. And she knows wow. the person, and she always goes to this person in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and, you know, and that's just the way it is. I never, I really never knew that was a relationship you could have until I saw her time and time again go into this dealership. 
and she's moved with him. You know, if he goes to a different dealership, well, we're now driving a Toyota, you know what I mean? Rather than the Jeep. So it's, it's fascinating, but it's, it's, it's not that different than working in an office. It's not that different than working in a doctor, you know, a doctor's office It's or in a gym. I mean, we're here to make customers feel like they are the only important thing that's going on in our life, knowing that we've got tons that are going on in our life as employees, right? Right. So this is, this brings up an interesting point in that, um, you know, if you look at the Gallup polls of the hundred most trustworthy professions or, or the most trustworthy rated down to the least trustworthy, uh, I think car sales professional is usually second to last above Congress people or insurance sales professionals or something like that. There's this, this black cloud that hangs over the industry, um, which is, a challenge for me because having worked in this industry now for mm, 20, call it 20 some odd years, some of the most powerful, inspired, committed uh, individuals I've ever met in my entire life work in this industry. Uh, but there is still this black cloud. So for the leader who's listening, who thinks, you know, maybe our culture is lacking or maybe morale is lacking, or maybe we do have uh, uh, you know, maybe we have played to this negative, the negative reviews or whatever it might be. What would you suggest they do to, to turn things around? Yeah. Well, thank you for the question. And I'm, I'm going to just equate it to the black cloud that hangs over the world of human resources. Mm. Very similar human resources. And I'm in human resources now. Uh, even though I don't even know what that term means, but that's besides the point. <laughs> HR has a black cloud. They have been relegated to being cops, police officers, CIA, uh, paper pushers, only go to them for the benefits, or I'm only going to them when they're going to fire me. Sure. <laughs> and that just, that's just not what they are. HR is in the people business. We are, we, we fundamentally are coaches, but we haven't acted like coaches. Well, we need to rebrand ourselves. HR needs a complete rebranding. And so when you see me out there on LinkedIn doing whatever I'm doing, I'm talking about the world of HR and leadership. I'm talking about what it's like to be on the front lines of, with people. And so to answer your question, I do believe that, that the, this world in which you embody in terms of the automotive industry needs a rebranding and to, to get rid of that dark cloud of, you know, the used car salesman or the car salesman, that's all salesy and just in it for the, the commission. And that's where the, that's where the connection comes in. That's where the care comes in. That's where the, you know, the really forming relationships come, comes in. And the, you, you have to, I think in this case, not only walk the talk, walk the walk, I do think you also have to talk the talk because that's the rebranding also. So, you know, identifying, I think in in your world, and again, in other worlds, it's identifying and cultivating relationships uh, is is where the value is and where the change can happen within that industry. And that's something, and that's something that is going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. Well, this sounds like a great place to suggest that if you are ready to make massive gains in your life, to reach higher, think bigger, live happier, 
to build meaningful relationships, I suggest you subscribe now to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. Wherever you're listening right now, it's available on all of your favorite podcast players. I mean, come on, where else are you going to be brought into conversations with incredible, powerful, motivating, and inspiring people like who we're talking to right now, Claude Silver. So if you haven't done that, what are you waiting for? I mean, come on, it's 2019 if you're listening to this live. And if you're listening to this in 2035, well, I'll be an old man. Uh, My teeth will be sitting in a glass of like polydent or whatever you put them in. And I'll still be saying subscribe to the podcast. I want you to live the happiest life you can possibly live to thrive instead of survive. So go ahead and do that now. Claude, I just have a couple of questions for you. Left. Actually, I have 18 zillion. Well, don't fact check me on the number, but uh, I have so many things that I just, I, I love about your philosophy. And what it really sounds like is that this can be developed. You don't have to necessarily be born a natural people person or just naturally have the knack for it. But leaders today who feel like, man, you know what? Maybe there is something I can do. Maybe, maybe the challenge is with me and not my team that they can develop skills. They, they can become a mentor. Mm-hmm. They can become a coach. So let me ask you this. Is there a difference between mentorship and leadership? I think there is. I really do. I don't, I don't know if, first of all, leadership is, is not authority. And leadership is really a choice. Uh, and mm-hmm. I do think leadership, leadership is, um, you're not there to be the smartest person in the world. You're really there to coach people to be their own heroes. You know, you're there as, you're there as a guide. What I think about mentorship is I don't think you need to necessarily be a leader. I think you need to be willing to show up and teach, willing to show up and take the time that it takes to help someone get from point A to point C. But I don't think that you necessarily need to decide that you're going to be a leader and take responsibility for 800 people. That's sure. That's really that's different. That's uh, and and maybe because I also look at leadership as servant leadership. I do think every single person can be a mentor. I really, really do. Uh, so so not just someone like yourself who is in a leadership position, but also a mentor and and I, I love the term chief heart officer. Yeah. Um, but team members could mentor one another. That's exactly right. And why, and, and so, Michael, why wouldn't you want to turn your fellow teammate into a champion? There is no reason why you wouldn't want to do that because in turn, you will get that back tenfold. I guarantee it. I just, gen, like generosity, the act of generosity creates uh, oxytocin. It releases oxytocin. Oxytocin is that wonderful hugging drug, that that warmth <laughs> that we get from hugging babies, kiss, kissing babies, and, sure. and even chocolate. And so think about the times in which you give and how good you feel. And think about the times in which you receive and how good you feel. So generosity is like, is like the biggest, biggest way we can actually give someone our attention. It's like a... It's the um, the law of reciprocity. Yes, 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 yes. Now you're now you're talking my language. 
Yes, I, this is something that I think is so fascinating. Get, give and receive almost e- of equal or greater value than what you gave. Um, it's like walking into somebody's house in, in simplest form. It's when you walk into somebody's house and you go, my, what a beautiful house you have. This is really gorgeous. Can, you know, this is awesome. Yeah. And it, it's really difficult to hate somebody <laughs> who's just giving you such a wonderful compliment or your kids are so awesome. I love spending time with your, your family. You're the best. Uh, you're so motivating, inspiring, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it always comes back tenfold. Mm-hmm. What oh. I think is interesting. I was, I was listening to morning radio and I know it for those of the uh, you listening who think it's all digital now. I, my wife got me hooked back on listening to the radio the, and the morning show, you know, they'll, they'll say things like, Hey, if you've ever experienced this, uh, give us a call at blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I remember listening, uh, not too long ago and, and this woman shared her experience and then basically ended her statement with, but it's okay. Cause I basically hate everybody. <laughs> Yeah, the price is right horn, you know, sort of a thing. Um, What would happen? I often think, you know, what would happen in that individual's life if she just decided not to wake up on that side of the bed every day? Yeah. Yeah. What would happen? She probably, her back wouldn't hurt anymore. She wouldn't have a neck pain. (laughs) People wouldn't be pains in the next to her. Her eyes wouldn't twitch. I mean... Things would happen. Let's let's literally find her and let's just like boost her with like some sunshine. Let's give her a hug. I think she needs a hug. But it's interesting because I mean, people are faced. It's almost if we could just help everyone realize that it is it is a choice. You can choose to be happy despite things going on in your life. And it sounds crazy. And there may be the skeptics who go, well, that's because you're not experiencing anything. And and to which I reply, well, how do you know? That's right. That I think bingo, that's right. And so when we think about employees, when we think about the people that are working with us, for us, whatever, let's remember that they're coming into the office. They're walking into that showroom, having had a life. They woke up at seven o'clock, their coffee was, you know, their coffee tasted like it was burnt, their wife yelled at them, their kid has the flu, or, you know, conversely, they uh, were, were given breakfast in bed, they were told by their kid they're the best parent ever, whatever it is. But like, we are human beings. We all have lives before we walk in those doors every day. And let's just remember what that's like. So it doesn't mean treat everyone with kid gloves. It means treat everyone as you would like to be treated, the golden rule. Mm-hmm. So can you maybe share an experience from your vantage point of how the law of reciprocity is in full effect at Vayner? Yes, I can. Uh, the law of reciprocity is, well, we just, we just launched a mentorship program. It's called the Champions Program. And here's a perfect, perfect example. Um, the, we have a women in industry group, so it's a, all a, bunch of women that have decided to get together and, and form a cohort where they swap stories of what it's like to be a woman in today's working world and they and they work on pay equality and all those awesome things. And they decided to start a mentorship program at VaynerMedia where the females would be the mentors and they would match themselves with mentees, male and female. They have no reason awesome. to do this other than to create an environment of learning. They have, honestly, they all have tons to do with their time. 
but the fact that they wanted to create a give and take, a knowledge share, making people smarter. And as I said earlier, turning people into champions is so, it's just so awesome and so delicious. And they just did it. They didn't ask for anyone's blessing or permission. And that's the great thing about working for a guy like Gary and working at VaynerMedia because there's so much possibility here that, you know, Gary is, he's in the business of yes, which means we're in the business of yes, which means we're not going to micromanage you. We believe that you are an adult and that you can, you know, figure out your day. We are going to be here if you want some coaching on time management or energy management, but you're a big boy and girl. And so this group just launched this two weeks ago and I'm just so, they got 90 people to sign up. Wow. Yep. And I love this for so many reasons, but the one that stands out is the proactivity, Mm -hmm. right? And speaking of the law of reciprocity, the proactivity, I mean, in order for that law to work, somebody must take an action or else there can be no uh, opposing or not opposing, but complementing action. Um, and, And so the first thing I love is, well, there's the first sign of the law of reciprocity from, if you want to call it top down or servant leadership is the a better term. Um, where there's an environment where they feel comfortable enough to do this and and have also been enriched, edified to a degree that it is something they think is a good idea of their own free will and accord. Yes, right. And it will not only improve the overall culture and vibe here at VaynerMedia, it will enrich each and every one of them, each and every one of their lives. And that's just... That's so killer. So talk about going from surviving to thriving. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a perfect perfect example. Oh, so, I love that. Yeah, we're we're so. I mean, it's it's a great environment here where I truly believe that people do want to turn other people into all stars. I really, really do. And you know, I I have the Maya Angelou quote, uh, this Maya Angelou quote in my office in three different three different ways because I just love it. Um, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And that is the end all be all for me. Oh, I love it. And, and, and it just, gosh, it makes so much sense. They're doing this. And now the second layer of kind of a proactive play is it is an antidote. If you want to call it that to, what I've seen Gary talk about a little bit, like, hey, sometimes you may actually have to fire your most successful employee, or maybe there there is a time there is a time and a place where you will have to let somebody go, where you'll have to release them. Um, but your team is so bought in, and and you are so bought in, and so believing and knowing that people matter, people first is the right approach. That everyone is now kind of rolling together with the belief that if we can be proactive, perhaps we will avoid a scenario where this is the the norm where we're constantly releasing people. And it's more that we're just empowering people and people are going to want to stay and they're going to wake up tomorrow morning going, you know what, how can I make today even bigger than yesterday and more impactful for others than yesterday? Yeah, that's exactly right. And it, look, not every day is, is full of rainbows and unicorns. It's um, sure. well, because we're humans and this is life. However, Hashtag agency life, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, I would I would like to say that more often than not, we have that kind of culture here, which is one where 
We're striving to be the very best and we're striving to do it together. And that's an agency, right? You cannot, uh, you, you cannot get something out the door without a team. You cannot get something out the door without that collaboration and teamwork. And that takes a hell of a lot of emotional intelligence to, to do. I think, I, I don't think that you can just, you know, uh, get up on the wrong side of the bed every single day and produce great work. You can't. Sure. Yeah. Claude, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the dealer playbook. It's been, oh man, it, it, the, the the guest usually says the pleasure is all mine, but I, I have to be completely honest. I know the pleasure <laughs> has been all mine in having you on the show. It's been an honor to have you on. Um, how can those listening follow you or get in touch with you or learn more about you? Yeah. Well, Michael, thank you. Cause this has been an honor for me. So I want to just thank you very much. And um, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and I do get back to anyone that writes. It might take me a little bit of time, but um, but it's me on the other end there. And, you know, hit me up. Hit me up with anything you want to talk about or just a hey, high five. And I will definitely respond with a hey, high five and maybe some more. You know, I I just don't know if there's one single thing in isolation that I can pull out of this conversation other than I felt motivated and inspired to look inward and identify ways in which I can bring out the best in not only myself, but in those with whom I associate. My coworkers, my team, my colleagues, my partners, my family, my wife, my children. I just think that, and I believe so deeply that you can have a positive impact on those around you. You can change the world. Your perception of positivity can be reality. It can be the reality that you live in. It can be the life that you shape for yourself. You can live life on your terms. So instead of going to the office, instead of going to the dealership with this idea that everyone's there and should just know their role, jabroni, you can have an environment where everyone thrives. So many cool things came out of that for me. Now, listen, if you're feeling the value, if you're feeling the love from the dealer playbook, I would love it if you'd show your support in one of three ways or maybe all three. First, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, do that right now so that you can get notified every time new content just like this drops. I mean, we want to bring everybody into this so that we can enrich and empower the world of automotive, right? The second thing you can do is share an honest review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. That way others can find the show and they can know how people in their space, in their industry are getting value from it. And then of course, the third thing is you can just Connect with me on social, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Send me a message. Keep sending me your questions. I love hearing from you. And of course, just leave me a comment on one of my posts and say hi and let me know you're out there so that I can engage with you. That's it for episode 174. Hope you're getting the value. Hope you're feeling the love. Hope you're reaching higher, thinking bigger, and living happier. And until next time, keep the playbook open and dominate.